Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Engaging Your Holographic Heart. We've been exploring the power of holographic brain skills to change our experience of the world. We've looked at how we can see differently and how we can hear differently, and today we're going to look at how we can feel differently, how we can use our hearts differently. We're going to explore ways to relate to the highs and lows about life. Let's start by looking at the point of view approach first. We have whole careers that are based on points of view about the highs. I mean, it's all the critics. There's food critics, art critics, drama, music, literary critics, dance critics. Even in competitive sports, we have those who critique every performance, and they compare teams and make predictions about future successes. And what about the lows? We can't avoid the lows when it's happening to us or to our family and friends and co-workers, but we certainly don't have to go looking for suffering. We tend not to dwell on suffering when it's not in our face. And why is that? Researchers who were trying to figure out what gets people to change and try new ideas discovered something really important. What they found is that people unconsciously tend to ignore a problem until they believe there's a solution. So charities seem to understand that, and they'll send out appeals that are long on the solutions they're doing and very light on the problems that have driven them to create the charity in the first place. So this is going to become an issue when we engage our holographic heart because we can't pick and choose what to take in. For better or for worse, it can all come in. The first impact we're going to notice when we open our holographic heart is a pattern to all the highs and lows, to all of the events. In a word, we notice that they are all connected. Poets have always said this. 400 years ago in England, it was a tradition if somebody died to ring the church bells. And John Donne, a poet at that time, wrote very eloquently, No man is an island entire of itself, And he went on to suggest, any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. 150 years ago, John Muir, who was a naturalist and sometimes called the father of national parks because he so fell in love with the redwoods, he built a cabin in the midst of them and even invited the president, Teddy Roosevelt, to come spend time with him there. And Roosevelt then fell so in love with the forest as well that he founded the national park system. John Muir said, when he was observing everything, when we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe. Well, so now let's consider how we experience joy and reverence and celebration with a holographic heart. We tend to take in stories in a deeper way we temporarily become the speaker. Here's a story I took in in that way. It was about Sonny Rollins, who's a legendary jazz saxophone player, and he was being interviewed about eight years ago on TV. And he talked about how his mother had bought him a sax at age seven. And what he said then was, once I got that horn, I was in my bedroom all day. I was in my reverie. Even then, when I was seven or eight years old, I was content I was in my reverie. 
That's such a stunning way to picture the love of music that can overtake a true performer. And it happened at such a young age. So we get the same kind of pleasure in attending weddings, graduation celebrations, and holiday gatherings. We love savoring the joy of others and delight in being around those that we care deeply about. But there's this very real price to pay for living with an open holographic heart. We feel the sorrow and the pain in the world as well. For starters, notice how quickly you sense if something's off when a friend approaches and you ask, what's wrong, before they even speak. We're actually feeling their pain. When we allow it, the brain is quite capable of matching that deeply with others. Here's how Walt Whitman put it 150 years ago. I do not ask how the wounded one feels. I myself become the wounded one. So now, what happens when we get flooded with the suffering in the world? That's been called compassion fatigue, which is a form of genuine depression. However, it should really be called empathy fatigue. There's a difference between compassion and empathy, and that difference is action. If we feel empathy, we simply suffer with those who suffer. But if we feel compassion, it engages our will and we take action. We may not be able to fix it, but we can at least offer relief and comfort. But what about suffering at a distance? You can feel some relief when you hear of others rendering service to those we hear about, but it can still be overwhelming because we can't be everywhere and do everything. But here we are, caring about it all. Do we shut our hearts down and not care anymore? There is something we can do. We can draw on one skill that a holographic heart has that the more closed point of view heart doesn't have. It has a way to send goodwill even at a distance. Every spiritual tradition insists that it is possible to bring down energetic help from a higher realm than our own, if we ask. They all suggest that we are capable of sending blessing energy to others. So I invite you to give some thought to what it might mean to bless, and then consider how you might learn to do that too. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I think you'll love my book, Original Mind, Uncovering Your Natural Brilliance. It's available at EmbraceYourBrain.com. Thank you.